0: Brothers and sisters in Christ, today our readings have a theme that <clears throat> we as human beings have a hard time addressing. Indeed, the entire month of November is dedicated to this idea—the idea of death. Today is my 45th birthday, so this is another milestone for me as well. My first child, uh, my first child, just turned 18, so I now have an adult child, and I no longer get to identify with the demographic that's still in their 30s. So, uh, anyway, the this is a good time to think about that concept of death. Even though it's inevitable and 100% guaranteed, we tend to minimize the impact it has on us as individuals. We prefer to push it to the back of our mind and not think about the end of our journey. It can be painful to consider and indeed even be a cause for anxiety. I and I imagine most of us would say it's common practice for us human beings to do everything we can to avoid death. We exercise, we eat right, we take medicine when necessary, we avoid dangerous areas, and most people avoid dangerous hobbies, and so forth. But here we have in 2 Maccabees, the mother and her seven sons facing certain death and torture and refusing to acquiesce to what? A king who wants them to abandon their faith. The king offers repeatedly to stop the torture if they will violate their ancient laws and each one of them in turn refuses. That got me wondering if I would do the same. Would I be willing to accept torture and death rather than defile, for example, the blessed sacrament? Is my belief so strong in the true presence of Jesus Christ in the simple unleavened hosts residing in the tabernacle right now? That I would refuse to open the door under the pain of death, refuse to trample the body of Christ, refuse to even consume the body of Christ in an irreverent manner. The mother and sons in Maccabees were so committed to their faith, so committed to the idea that their ancient laws must not be violated, that they faced extreme torture and death rather than take a bite of a forbidden food. So let's think about that for a second. These people suffered death instead of eating a forbidden food. Yet here we have the body and blood of Christ, his soul and divinity, free for the taking. Sometimes I wonder if we truly believe that it is truly the body and blood, soul and divinity of the one true God, the creator of the cosmos, the king of the universe, and if we act like it would we die rather than commit sacrilege against the body and blood of Christ? After all, we're only supposed to receive the body and blood if we're in a state of grace. That means not having any unconfessed mortal sins on our consciences. Receiving while not in a state of grace is blasphemy. We commit sacrilege and blasphemy against the true presence of Jesus Christ if we receive the blessed sacrament while in a state of mortal sin. So, That got me thinking, a refresher course. What is mortal sin? It's anything that we do that is serious or grave. Something that we know is serious and grave. And we do it anyway. We know it's bad. We do it anyway. The Catechism says it this way. That grave matter specified by the Ten Commandments, corresponding to the answer of Jesus to the rich young man, do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Mortal sin deprives the soul of sanctifying grace and causes damnation, if unforgiven at the time of death. So brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm talking about this today not to create anxiety within anyone's soul. Rather, I want to bring clarity to our modern ears. What is completely clear in scripture, we are not to abandon the ways of our fathers. We are to fight for our faith against all enemies, internal and external. We are to analyze our consciences and ensure that we're not committing blasphemy by receiving the body and blood of Christ while in a state of mortal sin. Because mortal sin leads to true death. The death of sanctifying grace and therefore the loss of heaven. How do we know this? We certainly know it from the catechism, but also from the gospel, because Jesus says those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age can no longer die for they are like angels and they are the children of God because they are the ones who will rise. He is not God of the dead, but of the living for to him all are alive. He is not God of the dead, but of the living for to him all are alive. This physical body is temporary. And from God's perspective, our soul within continues after this shell expires. And where that soul resides, heaven or hell, is our decision to make. That decision depends on our commitment to our faith. Will we fight against secular society and the forces of hell that rule this world? Will we, re- we resist the culture of death that tells us that up is down, left is right. Boys can be girls, girls can be boys. Unnatural actions are natural Indecency and immorality are actually human dignity. Intrinsic disorders are actually love wins. And that it's loving to terminate our progeny. Will we continue to enable our politicians, our representatives, in ignoring the dignity due all human beings? The faith of our fathers makes it clear that we are not of this world. We're not to justify, approve, or partake. Or shut up in the face of the evil which is so pervasive in our society. Yet this is the faith that we are asked on a daily basis to renounce, ignore, or set aside. Ours is the faith that fights for the unborn, for the abused, for the marginalized, for the poor, for those who are stripped of their human dignity. And can we be silent in the face of such challenges? The people in Maccabees were not. They stood up for their faith and they refused to break even the smallest of rules that God had asked them to keep. So, my thought this morning is perhaps it's a good exercise for each of us to consider whether or not we, as individuals, are truly interested in keeping the faith of our fathers, in keeping Jesus' great commands, in keeping the reverence due to the body and blood of Jesus Christ. In keeping the church's command to go to confession. In keeping the church's command to attend every day of Holy Holy Day of Obligation. And in strengthening our commitment to waging the war for souls while our bodies still live and breathe. My prayer is that each one of us may lay eyes on the eternal light, the Son of God, when our time comes. For truly, to God the Father Almighty, all are alive. Amen.